The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. As we continue this series, I just have to let you know, um, it's almost humorous when I look at what's going on in my own life and uh, the teachings that God's leading me to do. Um, this time is a time of high anxiety and high stress. And I have to tell you, up till even just moments ago, it's like I'm being tested at a return. Right after last week's message on, on peace and casting our anxieties on God and learning how to stay positive, it's like I was tested. Uh, during this time and season, we're doing a lot of projects at home. And so some of those involve painting and doing some minor repairs and and uh, so last Sunday, uh, after services, we went out to Home Depot and bought some paint and some supplies to uh, do some spring cleaning and clean up the yard. And when we got home, I opened up the back of the van to find a can of interior, exterior, bright white paint spilled all over the back of our upholstery, the carpet, the leather, uh, everything. And immediately, I went over the top. Um, I'm embarrassed at the way I reacted. And then the next day, Monday, after I worked so hard to get the paint cleaned up, which we did for the most part, there's definitely still some paint uh, left behind as a reminder of that experience. Uh, I went to change out a faucet in our bathroom. Got the old faucet out started to put the new faucet in, started to tighten everything down, and one turn tightening too tight, and a pipe snapped. Immediately, like a fire hydrant, all over the bathroom, all over my face. Thankfully, the main shutoff valve is just one flight downstairs, and uh, I was a track star. So I got down there as quick as possible and killed the water of the house. But that's just the way it is sometimes, isn't it? You, uh, you try and encourage somebody else to stay positive, even during the times that are hard and you get tested. And I just have to tell you that this season is a time of testing. It's a time of high anxiety. It's a time of uncertainty. It's a time of the unknown. And it's definitely making me realize more and more how much I need to walk in the Spirit. How much I need to fill my mind with the right thoughts. Casting my stress and my anxiety on God and not trying to dwell on them. When getting angry, taking a moment to really breathe and think about better thoughts. To think about things that I'm grateful for. This season, we're seeing a lot of anxiety. And you know what anxiety brings a lot of times? Complaining. And I don't know about you, but we're complaining about having to stay in. Uh, the same people that are complaining about being stuck at home now, a couple months ago, were complaining about always having to be at work. We're complaining about the weather. Man, we've had so much rain. Where's the sun been? And then the other day it got hot and I was doing yard work and I'm complaining. Why is it so hot? Uh, complaining about having to wear masks, and other people complaining about, why aren't you wearing a mask? There's so many things to be complaining about. 
I don't know about you, if you have any Gen Zers at home, but in my house we have a few, and complainers are called Karens. So don't be a complainer and don't be a Karen. And if your name happens to be Karen, you know, I apologize. I'm not the one that came up with the phrase, but apparently that's a thing. The Bible puts it like this, do all things without complaining. What is the cure to complaining? I believe the cure is gratitude, of learning to be grateful, of learning to practice thanksgiving. Another way to put it is what we talked about a couple weeks ago, learning to lift up praise. Today, I hope that you're encouraged by the words that I'm going to share. I'm listening intently to the same things I'm trying to share with you. I need them as much in my life. And so I hope that while we're working our best to flatten the curve on this coronavirus, I hope that we can flatten the curve on a greater pandemic, the pandemic of complaining. Will you help me on that? Uh, so let's take a look at some encouraging words. The book of Proverbs tells us this, a glad heart makes a cheerful face, but a sorrowful heart brings a crushed spirit. Do you want to know how to have a better outlook, a better curb appeal to your presence? Put a smile on your face. You don't need Botox. You don't need anti-aging creams. All you need is a smile. You know what a smile comes from? Allowing our hearts to be full of gratefulness, of being full of thanksgiving, of being full of praise. A glad heart makes a cheerful face. Oftentimes, uh, Brandy would tell our girls as we walked into a place, fix your face. Many of us, we need our faces fixed. We need our hearts full. We need to uh, turn away the complaining thoughts and instead focus on what we have to be grateful for. Yes, like I said last week, this is a difficult time. There are things that are tough that we're having to deal with. But if we take a second to truly think about it, there's so much that we have to be thankful for. Experts actually tell us that gratitude is a natural remedy that brings cures in many ways, much more than we realize. I was looking at a, a study on uh, positivepsychotherapy.com or a website like that. Don't quote me if I said it wrong. But as I was reading, there were five key things that would be present in one's life if we learn to practice gratitude. Let me give you those five uh, things. First of all, gratitude releases toxic emotions. Toxic emotions have a way of negatively infecting, uh, impacting us and affecting us. Gratitude releases toxic emotions. Number two, gratitude reduces pain. I can't believe that that is actually uh, scientific studies to show that having a grateful heart reduces pain. Gratitude improves sleep quality. Now that is one that I can attest to. During the time of anxiousness, I've definitely lost some sleep. But if I can focus my mind on things that I'm grateful for, Sweet dreams come at last. Gratitude improves sleep quality. Number four, 
Gratitude aids in stress regulation. Having a positive outlook and a grateful heart helps to dissipate stress. And number five, gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. Now, some people have a clinical leaning towards being anxious or having depression, but if you can learn to put some key practices of learning how to practice uh, the attitude of gratefulness and gratitude in your life, we can definitely improve the quality of life. How does gratitude sound to you now? Like a miracle cure, doesn't it? You know, and it doesn't come with all those crazy side effects that have to be read by an announcer at the end of the commercial. Gratitude. Do you think you need to practice more gratitude? I know I definitely do. What are things that we can start doing even right now? Maybe in the comments right now you can type some things you're grateful for. Go ahead and give it a try. Sometimes we have to force ourselves to think about what we think about and to remember to be grateful. So let's learn and let's put into practice the things as we learned about last week. That as we, as we put the right things into practice, we will usher in the peace and presence of God. Today, the cure for complaining is gratitude. And gratitude is the gateway to peace. Uh, a week or two ago, actually the last two weeks, we talked about how having prayer and having praise ushers in the peace of God. And so this article I was, I was reading actually concluded by saying gratitude is the, is the gateway to peace. So I love when science and psychotherapy aligns itself with the way that God made us. God is the creator of science. He's the creator of our minds. And when uh, experts out there can discover that to be true, I love when it comes into play. And so let us look at how we can put into practice in our lives uh, true gratitude and bring the benefits that gratitude brings Many of us were too consumed with critical thoughts, with anxious moments, with feelings of depression and frustration, and we need to put into practice and flatten the curve of complaining. And we do that with gratitude. Let's look at our key verse for this series from Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, open it up. There's some important words that we need to learn and digest and focus on that come from this important scriptural truth. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, say it with me, rejoice. Whenever something is repeated more than once in scripture, it's typically important. If your parent ever had to come to you and tell you something twice, it was typically important. The word there is rejoice. The Greek word for the word rejoice is Cairo. It actually is rooted in the word that means grace. Rejoice because we have grace. When we come to an understanding of how good God is, in spite of our circumstances, we can have a heart that's full of joy and we can rejoice. Grace is also something that we don't deserve. God's riches at Christ's expense is the way I heard it put if you spell out the word grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches 
at Christ's expense. Think of all that Christ has done for you. Think of all that God has done for you. Think of all that you have to truly be thankful for. And that will bring the ability to rejoice. The idea behind rejoicing is the idea of understanding that we don't deserve grace, but God gives grace anyway. Grace. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. For the Lord is near. The Lord is at hand. And then in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. You know that word anxious? You know what it means? It means in the Greek, the word, uh, let me see if I can pronounce it right. Uh, Maranahu. Maranahu. You know what that word means? It means to be pulled apart. Do you ever feel that when you're feeling anxious? Like you're being pulled apart? Like you can't hold things together? Like things are falling to pieces? That's the word anxious. The word anxiety. To be pulled apart. And that's how we're feeling often during the season. I know I am. When I've got paint spilling, when I've got pipes busting, what is going to happen next is often how I'm feeling. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. we got to remember that Paul was writing this from in prison. His circumstances weren't the greatest. Our circumstances aren't the greatest right now. But still, we're called to rejoice, remembering the grace of God. And to not be anxious, to not walk through life, dwelling on the things that want to tear us apart and cause us to feel crazy in the head and feel like things are not going well. But instead, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So in all circumstances and everything, last week we looked at Romans chapter 8, where the scriptures told us, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. God works all things together for good. It doesn't say that all things are good, but it says that God works all things. So let us rejoice in knowing that even the negativity that's going on right now will be used by God for good. You see, the word thanksgiving is also rooted in that same word for rejoice. The word thanksgiving is uh, uh, eucharista, eucharista. And in the middle of Eucharista, you have the word grace, charis, right in the middle. The same word for joyce, for rejoice. Eucharista means to be thankful, to be thankful for God's grace. And that is what we have to remember, that we have to stand firm on. That regardless of the storm, God is with us. And on that, we can have peace. If we, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let our requests be known to God. Verse 7 says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Some people in your life might look at you and say, your whole life is falling apart. Why aren't you anxious? Why aren't you, uh, why aren't you upset? You know, I can't explain it. I have a peace that comes from my God who's helping me through this. 
a peace that passes understanding. The peace of God will surpass all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know what's really beautiful about the word pictures in this verse? The word rejoice, having the word grace as the root of it. The word thanksgiving, having the word grace as the root of it. Both of those, us understanding that God's riches can't come to us at His expense. Every good and perfect gift, the scriptures tell us, is a gift from God above. Who gives, who lavishes on His children. He loves us and He loves to give us good gifts. The root, the, the word pictures there. The next beautiful word that I love here is the word peace. You know the word peace in Greek is arene. And you know what peace can often also mean? It's the opposite of the word for anxious. Peace is the opposite. Anxious means to be pulled apart. And peace means to be made whole. Isn't that beautiful? We feel anxiety. We feel like we're being pulled apart. We want God's peace. We want to be put back together and made whole. If we want that in our lives, we've got to understand that gratefulness and thanksgiving is the gateway to this peace. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, O Lord, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. We don't always understand why things are happening, but we know that God is behind them all. He is there with us in the midst of all of them. And so my hope is that as we learn to understand, my hope is that through the series, you're memorizing this verse. You're, you're memorizing the little intricacies of all the connected thoughts that if we have prayer, if we have praise, we usher in the peace. If we learn to be grateful and live lives of thanksgiving, that we will bring in God's peace. What do you have to be thankful for? What are you doing to regularly practice gratefulness in your life? Or to remember things to be grateful for? One of the beautiful things about a lot of the stories in the Old Testament is that as God would work miracles in the lives of the Israelites, they would often set up memorials to remember what God has done. When God led the Israelites through the Jordan River, He commanded them to stop in the middle of the river to pick up stones from the dry, bread, uh, dry bed where He had caused the waters to part and to stop. They crossed on dry land. They picked up rocks from that in the midst of that storm. They picked up those rocks, carried them to the other side, and built a tower of rocks. So that from that point forward, when anybody would pass by, when, 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 when the children would pass by and ask their parents, what was that, what's that pile of rocks for? They would remember to tell the story of God's grace, of His provision, of His being there, for the people in the midst of the storm, what are the stones in the midst of this season that God is calling you to remember? As, as traumatic as this storm can be, how is it that God is working? If you have something that's coming to mind, type it in the comments right now. Use it as a way to encourage others. Things that you're grateful for right now. In what ways are you grateful? Another thing that 
Uh, again, I mentioned before, Brandy has a journal and she'll often write down prayers uh, of requests to God. She'll write down times when she's heartbroken about things in her life. She also makes a record of things she's grateful for. In what way can you put into practice things in your life that will help you to remember how good and great God is and how grateful you are about the things in your life? We are to practice thanksgiving. You know, there is a cheesy saying, a cheesy bumper sticker. I've also seen it on shirts. And sometimes cheesy Christian sayings annoy me. But have you seen this one? No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Do you get it? I'll give, it, give you a second chance. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you can't have the peace that passes understanding. But if you come to know Jesus in your life, you will know peace that passes understanding. You will know and experience His presence even in the midst of the storm. You know, the Bible says this over and over again in many different ways. In 1 John, we're told to walk in the light as He is in the light. Are you walking in the light? Are you putting into practice the things that you should be practicing? Or is your life full of negativity and complaints? Don't be a Karen. In the book of Galatians, we're told to walk in the Spirit and we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Is, is, is the fruits of the Spirit present in your life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Man, I'm getting beat up because I've not been exercising peace, patience, kindness, and goodness the way that I should. We need to walk in the Spirit. And we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, but we will live out the fruits of the Spirit. In Romans, we're told to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Last week in Romans, in chapter 8, it starts by saying we have to live by the Spirit and not by the flesh so that our mind will be transformed. In 2 Corinthians, we're told to take every thought captive for the cause of Christ. So in our lives, we have a choice to make. And many times the things that happen around us seem to come in and muddy our life. There are things and outside circumstances that are outside of our control. And, and imagine this cup of water as a symbol of our life. You know, a couple months ago, we were hit with an unexpected. And a virus came and started to impact the world. And many of us, we saw the news reports and we, in some ways, maybe thought, you know, it's in China. It's on the other side of the world. We don't need to worry about it. But then we heard reports of it coming over to our land and we began to worry. And then, in various forms and ways, 
we started to see the effects of this virus on our economy and our 401ks and our retirement plans. And we began to worry. And then we had school shut down and our kids have to come home. And now we have to figure out how to work, how to love and care for our kids, how to do homeschool, how to make ends meet. And then some of us, we got that email from the boss and there was that one sentence and we didn't quite know under, how to understand it. What exactly did it mean? Am I going to have a job? Is my business going to survive through this? One thing after another, we started and we're starting to feel like the pressures of this world and the things that are creeping around us are coming in and we're feeling overwhelmed and we're feeling anxious and we're feeling like, will we ever recover? Will things ever be the same? And we have reason, we believe, to complain. And you know what? We do. There are a lot of things to complain about. But as children of God, we have to come into a place of understanding that the scripture is not a suggestion. It's a commandment to cast all of our cares and anxiety on him is not, hey, if you're feeling down, try this. It's a commandment. As children of God, we're to put our hope and faith and trust in God. And yes, is there going to be fear? Are there going to be things in our life that feel like they're taking over? Yes. But we're called to be people of gratitude, to do all things without complaining, without arguing. And so the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Think on these things. And so for some of us, we're going to do what we can to put those things into practice. And maybe right now you're deciding, you know what, I'm going to start making a record of things I'm grateful for. I'm going to start making a schedule of things that I can do. And I'll get through. I'm going to start praying more. I'm going to start reading the Bible more. I'm going to sign up for that community group and start being a part of it. And we're going to try hard. And then we're going to take a moment and we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, I'm not seeing much of a difference. There are things still in my life that are a mess. There are thoughts in my life that I can't get a hold of. But the Bible tells us over and over again that as we walk in the light and we keep walking, as we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, as we think of whatever is true, as we think upon what is honorable, about what is just, about what is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And the peace and the presence of God will fill us and be with us. The Holy Spirit and His love and His presence is there And he wants to pour into your life. 
He doesn't want you consumed by the things of this world. He wants you to be in the world, but not of it. And yes, there are going to be hardship. Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And he is there with us now. And daily we are called to put ourselves under his grace, to receive his presence, and to be filled by the Holy Spirit. So this morning I ask you, do you know Jesus? If you know Jesus, and you put yourself under his flow of his love that he lavishes on us, we will become full of his Spirit, and if we know him, we will know peace. But if you don't know Jesus, you won't know peace. And so right here, right now, if you're ready to say, you know, Pastor John, I want to know Jesus. I need to know Jesus. My life feels like it's being pulled apart right now. I need the peace. I need it put back together. Then you can call out to him. The scripture says that if you believe in your heart that God loves you and that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you, then you can put your trust in him. If you call out to him as Lord, you will be saved. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And so right here, right now, with me, you can call out to him and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want to know you. I want to know peace. Come into my life. Help me not to be uh, overrun and ruled by anxious thoughts and, and, and the, uh, the pressures of this world that seek to consume me and control me. Instead, come into my life and set me free. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I, 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 I repent. I turn from trying to live life my own way to try and take things into my own hands and instead I surrender to you as Savior and Lord. Help me to turn from my sin Forgive me and help me to follow you. I also pray for you, those of you who are already believers, but still are living in fear and anxiety and are walking through life complaining. Do nothing with complaints. Let us do all things without complaining. Let us learn to live in the peace that passes understanding. Let us learn to receive to the point of overflowing the love of God so that those who are around us will see the goodness of God in us and come to know our Savior in heaven. I hope and pray that you, just as much as I need to, will learn to put these things into practice. Remembering to be grateful, remembering to take every thought captive, and to putting ourselves under God's grace by being in His Word, by sitting at His feet, by meditating on His promises, and learning to stay positive. I pray for you. I pray for the families in our church who have been impacted by this virus. I ask that you would continue to pray with me that uh, as Prince William County begins to continues to be affected by this virus, uh, we're one of the highest counties in all of the state of Virginia, that we, even in the midst of the storm, would still see God there, and that we would have hearts of gratefulness, and that we would learn 
to practice gratitude. Father God, move in us. Show us the ways that you want to use us. Remind us of the things that you've done for us so that we can have hearts full of joy, thanksgiving, and gratitude. In your name we pray. Amen.